0: Just for you and for Nate Boyer, today, I'm wearing color. You are wearing color. Wow. You didn't even notice we I didn't even notice that. that, yeah. I literally you, you, thought that would be the first thing that you said. Man,
1: not monochrome today. You are, you, you, you've got it out there. And what color is that, Jeff?
0: It is, it's teal. It is teal. I can't, can't it's quite teal. see it. It's, ac- it's actually, I don't know if you can see it. It's kind of small. It's my airmail city. Nice. Look at you. Yeah. Cornhole guy. So at the sake of, I'm assuming that my family is not going to listen to this between now and Christmas, but um, everyone in my family, they all love Cornhole, obviously. They're all, they're all so, so supportive. You know, I mean, they love watching. They love playing. Uh, my dad can kick my ass on the boards, which I Uh-oh. hate. Wow. Uh, of That's course, cool. Noel almost beat me. Noelle, my daughter, almost beat me when we were at Clemson. That would have been embarrassing in front of Trey. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I, think, I, think I, I think I won like 21 to 18, something like that. Wow. That, that would have sucked.
2: But anyway, they
0: they all love they all love uh the, the air mail city and the SWAT stuff, you know, when I would wear it. So uh David Lim gave me a, a promo code, so I bought just a shit ton of airmail city stuff. <laughs> so, man, look so at so you. So everyone's getting everyone's getting airmail city uh SWAT cornhole gear as part of their Christmas gift. Wow, that's day.
1: perfect. What a great yeah. yeah. I did not get a
0: promo code. Well just just text him, he'll give <laughs> one too. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, you know what they probably put the, the funny thing was, is that it was that, um, he gave me a promo code, but then I got an email after I placed my order saying, um, you know, anyone who orders between now and Christmas, you know, type in like Xmas 30 or something like that and get 30% off. So it ended up being pretty much the same discount, but whatever. uh, I, I, I appreciate those guys and they, they do so much. They do so much for us. So the least we can do is buy some of their gear, buy some gear. Yeah. And I when, like their when, gear. When, they, when they when they give you 20%, twenty 20 thirty percent off, it's really it's really it's no no more expensive than anything else you'd buy.
1: Yeah, I like their gear actually.
0: yeah, I do too. <laughs> cool. So I like the, I like this I like this this sweatshirt and and because you and Nate apparently think I wear so much black and gray, there you go. Now I'm I don't two. have a
1: problem with it because I actually like wearing
0: black myself. but yeah, I do I do, I do too. I blue is probably
1: the one color that I wear way too much. I actually looked through all my clothes the other day, and it was probably eighty percent blue shirts. No lie, I mean I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Like I normally do. I'm the do.
0: same, dude. I'm the same way. If you if you open up my closet right now, you would you would laugh because it basically is black fading into blue. That's my that's yeah my whole closet, right? It's and then I've got gray. yeah, and then there's some color that I see, and I'm like,
1: yeah, but I never wear that. You know, yeah. they're, they're they're right there, but I never wear them.
0: See, I feel like you wear red a lot. Is that just because of ACL stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean the red shorts thing kind of yeah. got known for that at the events, and the red pants. But yeah, that's really just for those moments. <laughs> I don't, oh. I don't, I don't actually wear the red shorts and red pants a lot. Well, the red pants I can't wear anymore anyway because I ripped those last year's draft.
0: <laughs> All right. So speaking, of, right? Yeah, got that one. <laughs> that was so funny. Um, speaking of fashion, so have we decided yet? And speaking of red, I showed you, you, yes. yeah, you were on the conference call yesterday. All in, you showed, man. I'm all in. You, like you got to do it. I do. Not, no, right. not, not, so you, you like the, you like the sport coat that I bought. Not, not what Nate Voyer was going to send me. Right. Right. I like,
1: I like your, your sport coat.
0: Okay. I'm going to have a blue one. I'm going to have
1: a blue one sort of, so we can kind of balance each other out.
0: Oh, are going to wear the same one you wore for the season? Essentially.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, okay. if I don't I, wear yeah, that, I I got, that, if I don't wear that, I got to wear a suit and I don't really want to wear a suit.
0: No, I like I like the look that we went uh, with of the Stevies, just the just the blazer and slacks and button down. That's where right. that's where I'm heading. Maybe throw a tie in there. Maybe a little color. Maybe a little pocket square with some color. But we'll. See. All right, I'm not wearing a tie. Are you going to wear a tie? Are we going to go ties? I mean, we if we're going to gonna wear, the jacket, we're gonna, we're gonna wear the jacket,
1: if we're well, going to if we're going to wear the jacket,
0: we don't I'm have to. Doing, I'm not doing tie. Okay. It's funny because they've got this thing slated for what a six hour broadcast. Ten that to four. means that means that somehow we're going to have to do all of this in eight hours less than we did last year. Weren't we on the air for like 12 or well, fifteen hours?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the beauty of it is you've got three captains now. So essentially two rounds are gone. Remember? Because there was only one yeah. captain. And so Still essentially well. two rounds. Ra- yeah. Um, I think the process will be a little bit more refined. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think you're right. We're going over. I don't think there's any way and- we're not
0: going over. And 90 seconds in between every pick? Is that is that what I heard yesterday? On that call? is that's that's, that's as fast. long
1: as that's as long. I mean, yeah, but if you think about it, you make your pick and then you've got an idea of who you want next, right? And then
0: you've in probably the beginning, got a, yes, a group but of I three think 90 or four. seconds. I think 90 seconds in the late rounds, people are gonna be scrambled, but maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, you know,
1: you know what, you know what I think's gonna happen when they get to the late rounds? is that it's going to be like, what bags do they throw? What kind of player do we need? You know, like, let's find out, you know, do they throw, you know, whatever sticky, you know, or, or are they, you know, I think they're just going to start doing that. You know, we need this type of player. We need, you know what I mean? We, we need a right. sticky bag thrower. We need a slick bag thrower. So we'll just grab this person because they throw X bag. You know so, I mean?
0: style of game probably will be huge. And then, and then, and, 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 manufacture. and, or bag manufacturer. Because remember last year,
1: contraband, I mean, they just went contraband, contraband, contraband players, right? Yeah, I think we'll yeah. see some of that this year, too.
0: Right. Yeah. Ma- maybe not yeah, contraband,
1: but, you know, just cer- certain companies will have a pretty big influence over some of these teams, I think.
0: Could be wrong. right. Right. All right, we'll say we've got we've got plenty of time to talk cornhole with our guests coming up here. Yes, we do uh, in, a, in a few minutes. So, so this this show, obviously, we're recording here a few days before Christmas. So, uh, Merry Christmas early. I hope you guys have a great Christmas. Are you are you guys doing anything? Uh, I'm leaving Friday to go up to Elizabeth City.
1: Julie's parents live in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, which is up by uh, the the coast. So that's out by the coast, like near Kitty Hawk and Nags Head and all that stuff. Yeah, but then gotcha. near near the Virginia border. So will be heading up, I'll be heading up there Friday and then and what's,
0: what's, what, what's the situation with your, with your, are, are you, are you guys still trying to move back up to North Carolina? Eventually.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, after the new year, we'll put it back on the market now that everything's kind of put back together.
0: So, yeah, that's awesome. And you're at your mom's house now, right? I am. Yeah. Be here through what? Friday
1: and then, uh, then back on the road. And then, you know, up there for a couple of days and then down to uh, Myrtle beach for new year's.
0: I, I like the bookshelf on the back
1: old school, man. Yeah, and it's funny. I like I, I'm in between the bookshelf and this mirror, and it's like, why? Like, why don't you move over? But the way the the seating arrangement is in here, there's nowhere to be in in the middle of the
0: bookcase. There's actually some pictures of me in that bookcase up there. Well, I would hope so. It's your mom's house. Yeah, if there were pictures of me up there, it'd be really weird. That would be strange. <laughs> actually, it's uh, actually, more, more more than than likely to be pictures of Stacy. <laughs>
1: yeah, there's uh, all kinds of horse stuff in here, but you can't see it. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa!
0: Horse stuff.
1: Yeah, my mom is a big equestrian person oh, for. Oh, very cool. Years and years and years. Yeah, she was a, you know, show jumper, equestrian, all that kind of. She was actually a fox she did fox hunting and all that stuff as well. Yep,
0: yeah, she was big into horses. All right, so do you get big into Christmas? Has Christmas always been mm-hmm. big around your house? No. I I I am not a big Christmas fan. Well, th- this gets me into this gets me into meet Jeff and Bernie because you and I have never talked about this before. I wondered because of your past um if you guys were I mean look yeah the two people yeah,
1: yeah the two of us like we used to joke we'd have dysfunctional family thanksgiving and christmas right like cuz there was only two of us so it's not like you can have this big christmas and so you know watching everyone else's family kind of enjoy this great family time you know it was it was a little rough when i was younger but as i've gotten older it's all about it's just stressful getting stuff for people and did you get the right stuff for people and did you get everyone everything that they were supposed to get you know it's all that stuff i mean i I think that I, I know I've gotten away from the true meaning of Christmas, whatever that is, but uh I've I'm not the biggest fan of the holiday. I like the fact that everyone can get together with their families, but I don't know, man. I'm not the
0: biggest Christmas person. Yeah. <laughs> You're I'm sorry I'm laughing, but your answer just did not surprise me whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, tell me tell me what's great about
1: Christmas. Yeah. Unless it is, it you're I mean, if you're uber, with you. if you're uber religious, I can kind of get the significance of it and, and all of that, which I'm not. So, you know, you actually, take that. actually,
0: I know I know some uber religious people who do not like Christmas, not, not because of the actual religious holiday, but because of the materialistic. Right. You have exactly. And
1: so I I don't know, man, I don't know. But I, I think it's great that people get together with their families. You know, I think that's awesome, but
0: yeah, I like it. I like it. I, I'm I'm a huge like like I'm a Christmas tree up on Thanksgiving Day, lights on the house. Thanksgiving. Now we couldn't do that this year because we we just moved, obviously. But right. yeah, we, we're we're huge Christmas people, and we love it all the food and all that stuff. And but but yes, I agree with you. The whole the whole gift giving thing is is stressful. We've streamlined it in my family, drawing names, you know, doing all that kind of stuff, which which does help a little bit, but it is stressful. But I do like I I, I really like. Like I was wrapping gifts the other night and Kathy came in. She's like, you need help with that? I'm like, "No, I got it. She's like, you like doing this, don't you? And I'm like, you know what? I kind of do. I actually like wrapping Christmas gifts. I, I like the, wow. I don't like, I hate shopping, right? but I like the act of actually giving a gift, wrapping it, listening to Christmas music, putting the bow on. Is that weird? Is that, is no, that you're, weird? You're, you are
1: so remarkably Midwestern though. <laughs> it, 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 just, it just fits into the whole thing. I do, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Why not? Most people do. I I, I'm not saying that I'm I'm with the majority of people on this. I just, you know, I don't hate let me rephrase that. I don't hate Christmas. I just know you don't. I don't like it the way some people do. Julie, for example, loves it. Trees up. I mean, we and we don't even have that much space, and we had all that disastrous stuff going on. Still found a way to get a tree up and some lights and all this stuff around. It's great. You know, it's it, it puts you in the spirit. But You know, I never had kids. I
0: can tell you really like it. Yeah, but I mean I
1: never had kids either. And so I think when people have kids, it also has a different meaning and you know to them for what kind of stuff they can do. So that you know
0: Christmas, way to go, everybody. Neat. All right. All right. (laughs) Your answer does not surprise me. Well, Merry Christmas anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Happy holidays. Uh, And I will text you on Christmas Day.
1: Yeah, man. Happy holidays to everybody.
0: Um all right, so the other thing real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, I wrote down a bunch of the things I want to talk to you about off the air. Uh, I need to get new golf clubs, but we'll talk about that some other time. Mm. Uh, fantasy football. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Did mm-hmm. you uh, – are you still in it? Are you guys – I am. I'm, oh. I'm in the
1: semifinals. I took out the commish oh, last right. week. Yeah. I play uh, I play
0: Michael Kane a.k.a. Ghostfinger, this weekend in the semis. Oh, so. my gosh. Wow. So, so I uh, I lost so my two quarterbacks were Lamar Jackson and Jimmy Garoppolo was my backup, mm-hmm. and uh, so I lost both in the same weekend. But for some reason, Trevor Lawrence was available, so I picked him up. And look what he's done the last two weeks. So I'm just going to roll with him again. I don't, well, I don't why know. Why not? Why not? Dang. Right? Yeah, they got they got a tough road game against the Jets, but we'll see.
1: I got I I think one of the smart things I did early on was I took Joe Burrow because I oh thought they would be I thought they would be in it late in the yes. season and he would have to perform and so if i made the playoffs he would be playing well right and so i've got a couple of uh couple of Bengals and christian mccaffrey you know it's always solid so i i made some, christian mccaffrey I do
0: oh my gosh wow i need Let's one see, more right, receiver yeah that's awesome so the the problem with our league is that everyone right now is playing for second place although last week if I had played the first I'm in second place so mm-hmm. I got a first round bye in the semifinals this week but last week all my guys just went off I got like 164 165 points something like that if I can do that if I can do that assuming that I win this week which I'm not sure I will but if I win this week I'll play the number one guy and uh, he only has one loss so he has he has um Mahomes and Kelsey. Like, Man. how did we allow this to happen? Just I mean, literally, they, they, he is killing it. He's absolutely killing it. So we're basically all playing for second place.
1: You know, it's funny. Like, when you when you do this and you hear people and you, you watch TV and the prognosticator, you know, they, they tell you how you're supposed to do your draft. And then someone drafts, like, a Kelsey way too high. And people are like, oh, that's way too soon for the tight ends. Like, really? He's yeah. Playing. I've got my homes. I'm just going to – I'm giving myself 50 points every week.
0: Yeah. I was going right. to say, apparently it's not because I think this guy in my league exactly. drafted – him like third round. Yeah. And and again, and again, he's only has only has one loss all year. So he's yeah, Dave Weiser
1: is our dominant player in our league. Dave Weiser has been dominant. I finished second in total points, but sixth overall. That's that shows you how good my luck was. Ah, yeah, I hate that. So your point
0: your points against then are terrible. It was
1: well in the first three weeks. I was the single worst team in our league, lowest points, last place, no wins after three weeks and then it just kind of took off but you know had some bad but I got lucky yeah. last week against the Commish because he just had a bad week to have a bad week so I I my players didn't go off last week and you I had some play me. yeah and I had some players on the bench I had uh, Kittle on the bench after he had uh. such a big week yeah so hold on there's a at my mom's there's like 95 animals rolling around here so one of the cats is trying to get up here while we're while we're filming
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. That, I, I finally just had to Georgie Georgie is, is our, we've got two. We've got the dog and the cat. Georgie's the cat. I finally had to start shutting the door because anytime we do the podcast early on, starting last year, yeah, Georgie, Georgie, yeah, she'd want to get up in my lap. So, yeah, I just shut the door now. All right. Yep. In, in the, in the uh, waiting room is our guest, and she's probably like, will you please just stop talking about football and get to me? Although, you know yeah. what? Our guest today is a big football fan, so maybe she would like to chime in on that.
1: I'm sure she'd like to talk about how the Bills have been underwhelming this year.
0: All right, let's let's bring her in. So, I, all right the the only thing I'm worried about, honestly, is that is that you and I, you know, every week we we get together. You know, who do we want to have on? Who haven't we had yet? Well, there are two female players that we have not had on yet that that we needed to get on the show right away. Uh, the problem is is that these two females are doubles partners. So we're like, uh oh, who the hell are we going to choose first? <laughs> because, yeah, big trouble. Because yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we'll talk to her about that in a minute. Anyway, so our guest this week, the number two, currently the number two ranked female player in the world in the open standing. She's also a former doubles national champion in USA Cornhole with her partner. She is a proud product of I think it's SUNY Brockport is where she went to school, but huge Buffalo Bills fan. But but uh, really, um, she is a, a terrific story. She is incredibly smart. Um, bright, outgoing, one of the great personalities in the game. You know, as as a as a broadcaster, you and I have talked about this before, Bernie. Like, and I and I've got one this year too. Like with Coastal Carolina doing so many coastal games, mm-hmm. you have to have a coach behind the scenes to go to, right? To where you can ask dumb questions, right? Uh, Benny Moss is the assistant coach at Coastal Carolina, so anytime I see Coastal run something, like they ran they ran a they ran a triangle two last year, they've already run a box and one this year. So I like to ask Benny, you know, why why you know why when do you guys do this and when do you practice you have you you need to have that person to ask strategy questions to and our guest today is perfect for that she is she is a fierce competitor so knowledgeable about the game and she truly is one of one of my great go-to people when when talking about the game but she's also an an amazing athlete i've talked about this in the broadcast before but if you haven't heard about this i mean back in high school you talk about being a great um, athlete she she was in swimming in diving, softball, track and field, tennis, basketball, golf, and soccer. Uh, she even wrestled for four years in high school. Uh, and she, and because the high school was small, she had to wrestle with the guys. And I'm sure she probably probably killed it. But anyway, uh, let's bring her in. She's just—I'm so glad to finally get her on the show. Please welcome to Borderline Lori Dool. What's up, Lori?
2: Good wow. morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having me.
0: No hat. Look at that, Jeff. No hat from Lori.
2: No hat, Lori no hat. Duhl.
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> That's right. I mean, this this is weird. yeah. I mean, i I don't know if I've ever seen you not wearing a hat. maybe I mean, maybe a couple times, but
2: yeah, most people don't recognize me without a hat, which is it's kind of cool. I've I have like a look at Clark Kent and Superman life going. It's great. by,
0: by the way, <laughs> ringing in the background is yeah. Like- yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's
1: it's it's you know gotta love being at my mom's place right
0: it's Miranda coy she's calling right now she's so calling yeah oh <laughs> am i not on this show and you're having Lori on first that's exactly uh, who that phone call is
2: she might be calling you but she's sitting in my living room asking
1: oh, okay. oh, oh wow she's trying to get on is what's happening He's right, right. trying to get to the uh, to the camera
0: Please tell her we say hi. And, I know. and we And, and the, the thing is, is that we're trying to get Miranda on at a time where, because I really want her to sing. I feel like she's like totally given up on that whole thing. So when I want, when, like, w- like with Brian Schram, you know, who's playing some cornhole and playing guitar, I want to have him play a song. Like, I really want Miranda to come on and sing. So we're waiting for a good time to bring her on. So no pressure. No so, pressure.
2: I'll try. I so, will try my best, but I don't know if she'll do it.
0: <laughs> tell her, Tell her to get a song ready. All right, Lori. So, so, uh, so Merry Christmas, happy holidays early. Are, are you, are you a big holiday person? Are you, are you into Christmas? Are you into all this fa-la-la and everything?
2: Um, I am not super into the holidays, but my mom is. So, you know, we have to join in. We got to do all the family things. But because of Myrtle Beach this year, I'm not going home. So I went home mm. in October and spent a week there. So we'll be, you know, FaceTiming and doing all that stuff. You know, for the actual holidays, but there's also a lot of football on. You know, New Year's or uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, so that's probably what I'll be doing.
0: So, where are you at right now? You you, uh, you live in Florida, right? We, we talked about all the the connections, your your fandom with the uh, with the Buffalo Bills, and and I think I got it right, isn't it at SUNY Brockport where you graduated I, from?
2: I did go to SUNY Brockport for my bachelor's degree. That is correct. It's about 45 minutes from my parents' house, and they live just north of Buffalo, but. I just didn't want to get snowed in in Buffalo, which is a high probability at this time of year, and miss out on Myrtle Beach. So I Smart. decided to stay home this year.
0: And home is Florida, right?
2: Home is Florida in Delray Beach. So, South Florida.
1: So, did all right, growing up where you grew up, how many white Christmases did you have? Because I've never had one. Jeff, if you, oh Jeff, you've probably had one growing up where you grew up. I've never, never experienced a white Christmas. I will
2: tell you the opposite where I remember one year when it was a green Christmas and that was weird. Everybody had gotten like new golf clubs and things like that. And people were out golfing like (laughs) the golf course is not open, but people were just out there because it was such a nice day that they wanted to go and and experience, you know, some fresh air that day. And that's the only one that I remember without ever having snow (laughs) until, you know, recent years.
0: Yeah, same. I, I was the same way. I mean, in Iowa, I mean, it, it was always a white Christmas. Like we, huh. Bernie, we would, we would make huge like igloos and I'm not kidding. Like we could, we could build, we could build igloo, um, you know, snow houses out of, out of blocks and we could dig tunnels uh, in the snow. It was just so deep. I mean, we had, yeah, we had a lot of white Christmases.
1: We, I mean, I remember it being cold a few times and I, you know, now that you guys live in the South, you probably know that the only time it gets really cold is when it's dry. It can't get really cold and and still have moisture in the air so i remember some cold christmases but never a white christmas 52 years old not one single white christmas so there you go jeff that's another reason why i don't like christmas i i I can't even partake in the whole i'm watching commercials and there's snow on the ground. like i mean i haven't seen snow in two years what are you talking about
0: oh bernie i'm sorry
2: I'm Listen, I'll get you a free everything. free ticket to Buffalo, and you can go up right? and, and see, experience see, it. See
1: all the snow that I'd ever want to see?
2: Exactly. you want to come go. back down south real quick. <laughs> all
0: right, Lori, before we geek out on too much uh, uh, cornhole, uh, just before you came on, we're talking a little fantasy football. You are a huge Buffalo Bills fan. I am. Um, so, I mean, that that was an amazing game last week. Uh, I thought Miami was going to was going to sneak up and bite them, but but Josh Allen does his thing and comes back. So, are you are you in fantasy football?
2: Or, or? I don't play fantasy football anymore because I really don't have too much extra free time to play, right? We're traveling, we're doing crazy things especially on the weekend. So, it's hard to keep up with different, you know, team rosters and all yes. of the different teams. So, I've really just kind of settled into watching, you know, Buffalo Bills games when I can. But you guys know we're playing, you know, Saturdays and Sundays. So to sit down and be able to watch the game is, is difficult.
1: Yeah.
0: I, 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 I'm i never playing again. I'm, I'm having a decent year, but I'm never playing again. And, I'll you know, I'll tell you why. Because for some reason, even though I grew up in Iowa, um, I grew up a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, Fan, unfortunately. And I still don't know why everyone hates the Cowboys. We have not been to the Super Bowl, Bowl or won a playoff game since 1995. But whatever. I'll let that just sit out it's, there for It's a bit. the obnoxious level of the
1: fans, actually.
0: But they don't win, they don't win I at know high level. Exactly. So why
1: are they so obnoxious?
0: Because because everyone because <laughs> because I, I I don't know. I, I but I don't think they're obnoxious. I think they just they're just that's just the persona that everyone has just attached to them. Cowboys fans are the worst.
2: I the worst. I like, all right, so here is here's my take on it. I think that they are the most bandwagon other than the Patriots, the most bandwagon football team that's out there. For the sole fact of there are so many people, and I've never met too many Cowboys fans, maybe a handful, that are actually from Texas, right? Right. It's all these people that are from, like, all over. So people joined in the bandwagon very early in the 90s, and then just, you know, they got labeled America's football team, but – but again,
0: I, and, I just, and I just don't understand why, but, but I mean, you're right, Lori. I mean, the reason why I became a fan is because I'm so old and Bernie and I have talked about this, that back when I was younger, you basically just had the game of the week. I mean, this yep. was and before. Was like, the Cowboys. And, and, every, the Cowboys. In, and in Iowa, I mean, you know, they, they had to choose. Do we want to put the Vikings on who were terrible? And no one watched. Or do we want to put the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Dallas Cowboys on? So the Dallas Cowboys were on every weekend. Um and so were the Steelers, but the Steelers were yeah. the same colors as the Iowa Hawkeyes, so I hated that, so I just became a Cowboys fan. but but, but anyway, so anything. so I'm not doing I'm not doing fantasy football anymore because this is a perfect weekend. so Trevor Lawrence is my quarterback. and um so I find myself rooting for Trevor Lawrence versus you know anyone else that he's playing against, even the Dallas Cowboys, like I'm rooting for my team because because I want to win versus rooting for my team, so I just I just hated it so i'm I'm never playing again. I hate it. I really do, but what we want to do is we want to start a fantasy cornhole league.
2: I, it's out there. I think there's there's one that's already out there. I think. Yeah, they're yeah. out there,
1: Jeff. You got an invite to one. Yeah, you've got, you got several invites, as a matter
0: of yeah. yeah. Yeah, here I thought I came up with a great great idea a couple weeks ago, but apparently not.
2: <laughs> I feel like cornhole cornhole is kind of like baseball, where there's just so much action happening all of the time. I think it's harder to keep up with rather than yes. football when you're only you know yep. so many weeks out of the year, and you're only you know really talking about thursday saturday sunday monday right
1: because when when do do they do it by the way because wouldn't you have to do it around the nationals because like you're saying there are so many events there are so many regionals there are so many different tournaments how can you play fantasy cornhole unless it's around the 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 bigger tournaments how do they do that
2: i to be honest with you i'm not really sure i think that they are really around the bigger tournaments but you're trying to keep up with you know all of the players, and you're trying to keep up across all of these different like regionals and conferences, and you know yeah. checking out who won and who lost. I just feel like there's there's so many different moving parts. Until we can get that all centrally located somewhere, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's going to take off as much as fantasy football.
0: Right. <laughs> yep. All right. Speaking of sports and drafts and everything, uh, first things first with cornhole. So coming up on New Year's uh, weekend slash week, it's going to be a huge, um, I mean, we were on a conference call yesterday. This this is now becoming the second biggest week in the sport of Cornhole, this, this uh, week slash weekend coming up for New Year's Eve. But one of the big things is obviously the ACL team's draft. So for the second time ever, yes, we are gonna have a draft, 16 teams, 16 players. We even have the little ESPN chime, the little da da da. I mean, it's just it's it's awesome. It's so much fun. So are are you excited for the draft? Are the players looking forward to this? I mean, what what are your thoughts on the draft coming up here in a couple weeks?
2: I'm excited for the draft just from a sports perspective. I think it's so fun to be able to like sit there and watch all of like your friends get picked and look at some of the strategies from the captains. I really like how they went with not just having one particular captain, but a team of captains. I think that that kind of diversifies who's going to get picked up on each particular team. Um, Mm -hmm. But I really think that from a player's perspective, it's nerve wracking, right? You don't, you know, we all know our value. We all know that you know we're just as good as this person, and we beat this person, you know, last weekend or the last five times we played him. But not everybody sees all of those, and so I think that you know it just really comes down to the perspective of how well, you know, some of those team captains. And then I think the bag manufacturers have a lot to do with the way in which our draft is going to continue to grow and, and kind of make different teams happen.
1: Right. So Laurie, all right. So as a female player, how have you seen that side of the game progress? Because it wasn't that long ago where you could really say, well, you know, there's 10 to 15 women that are, you know, can really consider themselves top level players. And now it seems like that's quadrupled, if not oh, more. I
2: completely totally agree.
1: How how do you see it now? Because, I mean, it's a fight. It is an absolute fight now on the, on the women's side, you know, to, to be considered one of the elite ladies of the game. And, you know, you find yourself in that fight every week. So, like, how, to you, how has that side of the game improved?
2: Well, I think that just overall, we're, we're pulling more females and really getting them to start coming to more tournaments and, and growing different females, right? So you see a lot of people starting to play in the intermediate and competitive, but also starting to now play more and more in the women's division. So you're looking at women's standings, I think from a completely different perspective, but like you said, I mean, we've, we've even in the time that I've been playing have grown and now we're up to 32 pro female players. And anytime you meet up with any of them. I mean, it's you know a potential to have a fantastic game where you know that the PPRs are going to be high. The women's game is just completely, completely different than if you're going to go play a man. Everyone is just shooting for the hole every single time. There's really not a lot of blocks, not really a lot of air mails. So I think that you know it really just kind of comes down to more of the mental game than a physical game for the ladies, um, which I think brings an interesting perspective. But, you know, kind of relating back to the draft, I feel like the women are continuously underrated every single year. I mean, we've got so many great females that we play with all of the time, you know, and it's just – especially in Florida, right? We have the top – well, we have six women out of um, the entire league that are in the state of Florida. So, I mean, it's just – it's a crazy competition every single time you travel outside of of your door. I mean, within a half an hour radius – We've got three female pros. So unless you're going to get extremely good, you are not going to be a standout.
1: Right. So like, so, like, so, how tough is it being in the state of Florida? Because, look, let's, you got Cheyenne, who's you know kind of she, – she, she's where everyone wants to get to in the female game, right? You know, like she, she is kind of the standard baron until someone kind of takes her perch. That's just how it is. But she's in Florida. Rosie's, who, who's having a great year. I mean, she's right around the corner from you. So, like, you know, how hard is it? I mean, I would think it would make you better because that's who you're having to play against in regionals. I mean, you're having to face this competition where other parts of the country may not be there yet. So, I mean, in some ways, it's kind of tough because you're running into such great players, but it can only make you better in the long run, I guess is what I'm saying.
2: Right. I completely agree. I've, I've always said it. Success breeds success. If you are not going to play against people that you know that you can lose to, you're never going to get any better. So just going out and winning games that you have – that you have no business losing is not going to teach you anything. So, anytime right. we go to a regional or even a local event at this point, I mean, it's just a learning opportunity because you never know who you're going to run into outside of the females on the male perspective. I mean, we've got to have, I don't even know how many in Florida. I would say yeah. at least 20, if not more.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, Lori, again, you're currently ranked number two in the open standings. Uh, I mean, where, where do you feel like your game is at right now? You're obviously playing at a high level. I mean, are you, are you at Cheyenne's level right now? I mean, do you feel like you can compete with her?
2: The last time I played her, she got me pretty good. um, At the conference, I had to play her in the state conference. And I will tell you that every time I play her, I get closer and closer. Right. And it's just trying to figure out, first of all, it's, I think it's difficult because she's always been much better. And one of those people that I've aspired to be like, so just, Trying to wrap around, wrap your head around the mental part of going up and and playing against somebody that you have aspired to be like for so long, I think is really difficult. Um, and then just kind of having the confidence of knowing that you can actually win a game. But I'm, mean, it's just it's it's getting closer, and I think it's gonna happen eventually. You know, Mike, it might get, it might be might be more luck than skill at some point, but I will take. I think once I can get one, I I you know. We'll be good to go. But that is exactly what happened with Rosie Streaker. When I first the first time I beat her, I beat her three times in a week. And you know, it was just kind of like one right after another. And one of them was a the shootout final. So, you know, I think it's just it's you got to give yourself a little bit of grace and understand that it's not just gonna come, you've got to work hard for it.
0: All right. That is a perfect transition. Yes. You mentioned, you mentioned the mental game, so let's just dive right into this because I love talking to you all about this. And, Laurie, you are a perfect person to talk to. You are a fierce competitor. You are so sweet and kind and patient, and I love that about you off the court because, like I talked about in, in your intro, I can ask you anything. But on the court, you definitely have that switch that flips. And, you know, back when I was a young, uh, young reporter, I don't know if they do this anymore, like you weren't allowed into a locker room Right away after a Chiefs football game because they needed a cool down period. Like you're the reason why that those rules were developed because you don't want to run into Lori Duel right after she's walked <laughs> off the court. But I love That's, that about you. I that love is that about necessarily
2: you. That's not true. I I have tried to get <laughs> oh it's true. About it, but... no, it's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Trust me. There's been a couple times I wanted to come up and talk to you, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Now now is probably not a good time.
2: It's difficult. But, I mean, I whether you win or you lose, you 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 want to have some some time to decompress from the game. I, it's hard to just be able to flip that switch, I think, because you're taking in so much, right? You, regardless of the outcome of the game, there's something that you could have done better, right? Unless you're throwing a perfect game, I there's always something that you could have done better. And so you kind of just need some time to, to reflect on that and then move forward. But what people don't understand either when you're looking at and you're watching these tournaments that if you let's just say, for an example, you go into the loser's bracket, you are playing one game right after another, right after another, you don't even get time to, you know, kind of like sit down and think. So that's got to be a quick transition as well. And so it's hard to go in and out of being, you know, a fierce competitor and, a you know, a very nice outgoing person on the other hand. But, you know, it does happen. And it's, it is really difficult to not get that grace period in a sporting event. I mean, you, you mentioned football players. You've got a barrier between you and your fans. You get that cool down period, but in a sport like cornhole, we don't have that grace. So it's difficult.
1: Jeff, 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 hold on. Yeah. Are you aware of a nickname that I gave Lori goal a couple of years ago or about a year and a half, a couple of years ago, and she can't stand it. She has asked me a million times to not call her that. Are you aware of what it is? Because you know, of her, feroc- because of her ferocity, the way that she is, she's such an, uh, a, 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 you know, such an intense competitor. I started calling her a bulldog because I that's kind of how, she – and she gets so angry when I call her that in streaming matches. I don't know why, because that's how she plays. She's right there. I mean, she, she's like a bulldog on the court, and I, I see
0: that as a compliment.
1: She does not like me calling her a bulldog.
0: Yeah. Lori tell Great. us why. Sorry Lori, I don't disagree with that you are a- <laughs> yeah
2: I just you know I don't I, I just don't want to be compared to a dog I guess I, don't know.
0: <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> All right so uh, ba- back to back to um, the mental side of the game because you are such a fierce competitor um, and so locked in when the game is going on. I, I love talking to players and asking you guys about this what what is going on in your head when you're competing what is your self-talk what are you trying to talk yourself through what are you talking yourself into what what's it like for you inside your own head during a match
2: so i think that the hardest part about being a cornhole player or just any sort of like individual sport is you have to remain positive positive. and so it's a slower paced game as compared to you know maybe like a football or um, lacrosse or some, some other team event. So I think that it's harder to stay in a positive mindset because if you think you're going to miss a bag, you're definitely going to miss a bag. Um, and then if you do miss a bag, to have to be able to come back and throw three more bags at your best rate, whether they go in the hole or you're throwing your blocker or you're throwing an airmail. I think that that's the, the hardest part of just making sure that you are mentally checked in and that you are trying to give yourself you know, positive talk. And if you do, you know, we're all going to miss something. We're going to miss a big shot. You've got to be able to give yourself a little bit of grace in that period and then be able to, okay, well, I missed that. Now what's going to happen? And you almost want to be thinking, you know, so many steps ahead, almost like a billiards game. So you're not just worried about the next bag, you're worried about the next round. You're worried about all of that, but trying to stay focused, I think, is, you know, kind of the hardest, the hardest part, especially when you get into some of those games where people, are going to purposely try and make you hit you know that big shot of the game whether you're going to try and hit you know a large push or an airmail drag or whatever the case may be I think you just have to always be mentally ready for whatever comes your way
0: So so give me a specific give me like a specific example let's let's say you're playing against Miranda cuz you guys have played you know against each other you know to to go to a to go to a broadcast court or something like that So you're playing against Miranda right and you're sitting there at the board you're standing there at the board what what get, tell me exactly what you're saying to yourself you know when you got to hit a shot like are you visualizing it what are you, what are you saying to yourself specifically
2: absolutely so you have to you have to visualize what you're going to do and i think that most players have kind of like a mantra of like what you're like saying in your head and this is going to be ridiculous when i tell you that as a as a kid and as an athlete i always I always tried to be better, but I knew that physically I was never going to be bigger and better than most other people. So I had to figure out a way to get better than everybody else just by using what I already had. And so I was reading whatever I could get my hands on as a kid about athletes and how they, you know, what their self-talk was. And I remember reading in a book that I got at a Scholastic Book Fair about Bo Jackson, also one of my favorite athletes of all time, right? He was a dual sport athlete. The best
1: athlete I've ever seen.
2: Yep. Sure. And he, yeah. that's, he talked about all of those things in his book about how you have to build your brain, just like you would build your biceps. And I think that, you know, having that, you know, mantra that you're talking to yourself every time you throw a bag has physically helped and kind of mentally helped. But this was something that I have developed when I was like 13, when I would go in and pitch softball games, I wasn't the best pitcher, but I was consistent. And so, you know, coach always knew like they could just throw me in at the end of the game and, and close it out. So, you know, slow and steady down the middle. That's it. And that's, you know, as easy as it sounds. But sometimes just kind of going back and relying on the basics is, is just the most important when you get into those, um, you know, high-stake opportunities. So that's
0: what you say? You say that to yourself? Every time. Slow and steady down the middle.
2: Right down the middle. That's so how it.
1: Hard, so how hard is it? Because the one thing, I don't know, Jeff, if you agree with this, but the one thing that I see a lot, and I'm talking the elite, elite level of cornhole players like yourself I see one bag cause three rounds of problems because it's one miss. You know, you should have hit it, and it, it happens with you name the player, and I've seen it happen from that player. How do you like? So, you know, you have an easy slide shot, you miss it, all of a sudden you've given up points, or you took points away, you, know, you took your chance away from getting points, and all of a sudden you see the next two rounds, they're just not focused. They realized, man, I can't believe I just made that mistake, and it cost them two rounds. And in those two rounds, they might give up six, seven points, and then the game's completely turned on them. How hard is it to keep yourself from letting that happen? Like, how, how hard is that to keep to keep yourself, to keep your head in the game? Kind of what Jeff's like, what is the self-talk? How do you keep yourself focused like that?
2: So I think that, you know, you just have to be patient with yourself. And that's one of the things I think that I've learned from the end of last season to the start of this season is that if you miss a bag, you know, we're all, it's going to happen. So you've got to figure out how to be able to, to rebound. And I think that that's kind of what has helped me say a little bit more like calm and cool this season, as opposed to last season where I just put so much pressure on myself because I know I can, right. Just because I can in practice, put all four in the hole doesn't mean you're going to do it, especially when it's, you know, a game to make TV or a game to, you know, make it to the shootout finals or whatever the case may be. I think you just have to, you've got to give yourself just a little bit of leeway and you've, it's already happened. You can't go back and fix it now. So you've just got to look forward. And I think that that's the hardest thing that people can't figure out. Right. And we talk about consistency. And most often when I talk to non pro players, they always ask, how do you, how are you so consistent? And I always tell them, well, when you figure it out, you let me know because it's, <laughs> I mean, and every situation is different. It's completely yeah. different in every game. And it's, you know, sometimes when you're playing, um, someone who, you know, that you've beat before and you've never lost to." I think those are probably the hardest games to figure it out as opposed to going up and playing a bigger named player or a higher ranked player because you don't really have as many expectations for yourself. So just trying to be you know, calm and together in that situation is the most important.
0: By the way, for those who don't know, uh, as we get more to the personal side here for Lori and going back to your nickname that Bernie has so unfortunately given you, I'll make sure he doesn't call that.
2: Thank he you. you that anymore.
0: <laughs> so, Lori, how tall are you? Five feet tall? I are,
2: am, are five? I'm 4'11". Yes!
1: 4'11. Vertically challenged people unite.
0: Not even five feet tall. No, nope, I
2: never made it. Never made
0: it. Never made it to five feet. Um, no. But again, an incredible athlete. Like, Can you just kind of talk me through? I think I've got that right. I, th- I think I remember talking to you about this in the past but I I think these are the sports and maybe I'm leaving some out but I've got swimming and diving softball track and field tennis basketball golf and soccer and of course we've talked about on the broadcast but but you wrestling can you talk a little bit about your background why all the sports why did you choose them I mean four foot eleven an incredible athlete and a wrestler with with the guys by the way so how did this happen
2: So my brother, I have an older brother, and he was a three-sport athlete. He played football, basketball. Obviously, he was much taller than I was, and baseball. And so I just always – we grew up as a sports family. We went to, you know, Sabres games. We had season tickets to the Buffalo Bills. I mean, sports are just in our family. Um, On Sundays, we all, you know, were texting back and forth about the games and, you know, FaceTiming during the games. So it's just sports are – important and we all started kind of playing. I started out in gymnastics as my parents were so smart to set me up for, but it just wasn't my favorite. So I wanted to go out and, you know, play different sports. And my first sport that I ever loved was basketball. And I picked up playing basketball and I played at, you know, the YMCA and the YWCA and every league I could get my myself into. And obviously I'm the smallest one running around, you know, during that that particular time. But I just always aspired to be the first female in the NBA. And then the WNBA came out, you know, probably when I was maybe sixth grade, seventh grade. And I still continued to be and aspire to be the first female in the NBA. I didn't want to play in the WNBA. I wanted to play in the NBA. That's where the good players are. No offense to the WNBA, but it's, it's harder to play there. So, um, when my dreams of basketball got shut down by my JV basketball coach, who told me that I was too short to ever play basketball, I ended up on the wrestling team because that was it was either that or bowling for me so I joined the wrestling team and at the first year that I was there we had five female players we had the most in New York State um, that were females and I was the first girl to wrestle varsity for my um my school and my section and so that made a lot of a lot of noise and got to do a lot of you know fun press things and and news articles Um, And I took a lot of flack for it, I'll be honest with you. There were a lot of people, including, you know, my teachers, my peers, who did not like the fact that that there was a female on the wrestling team. But that wasn't the reason why I did it. You know, I just – I enjoyed the sport, and I was good at it. I got to stay at one weight class um, for all four years, which is – you don't hear that. So I wrestled 96 pounds and 103 during the week. So that was, you know – a huge advantage for me and I ended up getting a scholarship to go wrestle in college. So it was just one of the best opportunities that I think I've, I've ever had. And it really, I think gave me an edge in the world of cornhole because I've walked into so many cornhole events and been the only, you know, female player. And it's just, it's really, um, given me a different perspective, I think of, of being on a male team as opposed to a female team. Interesting. Yeah, incredible it, it, story. I mean,
1: how, so how difficult was it? I mean, because you're wrestling, what what you say? What, what were the weights?
2: 96 pounds and 103 pounds.
1: <laughs> so I mean, like how like what age were the guys wrestling at that weight? They had to be young, right? Yeah,
2: they were like that. That was the whole the whole perspective was that you could pick up in New York, you could be in seventh or eighth grade on a high school team as long as you passed all of like the different physicals and physical fitness tests and things like that. So I always wrestled the younger, the younger generation, right? They never stayed in that weight class. Every once in a while you'd find somebody who, you know, was maybe like a junior um, or a sophomore, but for the most part, it was all the younger kids. So it was.
1: So you were just dominating these kids is what you're telling me. You were just pinning dudes left and right. Like, yeah, welcome to algebra one. Bang.
2: (laughs) Exactly. And it was, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, You know, my parents supported me the, the whole way through, even though, you know, there was a lot of, negative things going on you know at school in the community about it um even my own coaching staff there was sometimes they wouldn't wouldn't even sit in my corner right in a wrestling match because Mm. of just different political things that were going on so i think that that just kind of you know gave me a different perspective that if nobody's going to sit in my corner i'm just going to go out there and win anyway so
0: so laurie what is your what is your goal now i mean you talked about when you were younger you wanted to play in the nba and I absolutely love that. So what do you want now? What do you see out of Lori Duel here going forward?
2: I mean, I think everybody aspires to, you know, world championship. That's that's, you know, really where it is. I mean, I'll settle for a national championship too. I really am a, a little bummed that we don't have women's doubles again for the national championship opportunities, but I do like the idea of of singles. I think it it pushes at least from my perspective it pushes me to be better. Um, you know, to come so close to winning a national championship, I think it just really pushes me to be better this season. I mean, to be honest with you, nobody, nobody saw it coming to become a professional athlete and be on ESPN and CBS and be able to travel, you know, the country and, and play a professional sport, you know, in their thirties. So I am just grateful, I think for, for that opportunity in general. I think that, you know, kind of changing my lifestyle around to be able to continue to do that, too, uh, is something that I will never regret doing.
1: And, and speaking of how hard is the travel? I mean, it, it, it does kind of wear on you. Like, do you ever find, especially in the spring and summer when it seems like everyone's on the road at all? the time? Like, do you ever feel burnout as a player? Like, man, I can't believe we got to get back on a plane and we've got to keep going. Like, do you ever feel burnout?
2: I don't really feel burnout on the travel. I think now I've taken a different work position so that I work from home. So I think that that's given me a huge sigh of relief because there were times when I was still, you know, at my previous um, career and I was, you know, traveling, leaving the office, half working a half a day, traveling from the office, getting to the airport, you know, going to play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, flying home on a red-eye flight, and then having to be back in the office on Monday morning at 8 o'clock. And that was really the burnout feeling. So I knew that if I wanted to give Cornhole 100% effort, that I was going to have to make a career change. And so that's what I did. Um, like I said, I, I think that that was the, the smart decision. I think that if I didn't and I stayed in that career path, it's not that I can't go back to it, you know, at any point in time. It's just the fact that this was the right opportunity at the right time. And it allowed me to be able to work from you know different airports and hotels, and it's been a huge help. I think in the game of cornhole.
0: All right, Lori, we got like thirty seconds left. <laughs> you are so locked in with your career. You're so locked in with cornhole. Um, what what makes you laugh? Like like maybe we need to bring in Miranda for this. Like do you, when do you like throw your hair around and just laugh and you just and you just act silly or 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 never? Are you always like this? Are you always a pro? Twenty-four-seven.
2: I'm pretty much always a pro, but um, I think that the thing that makes me laugh the most is all of the um, random questions that I get from Miranda. So yesterday we were talking about um, a hat trick. There she
0: is good she's, she's calling. Yeah, calling right now.
2: She is calling. Look, every time she, I had mentioned about how they had talked about a hat trick, and she, could, she asked what a hat trick was, and she had no idea. And it was, it was great. And we laughed about it for probably 20 minutes. She thought it had something to do with your head.
0: <laughs> All right. There, there we go. That's a perfect example. We just got a giggle out of Lori Duell. There it is. All right. Borderline, borderline episode 56 can now come to an end because we made Lori Duell laugh. That's good. Hey, Lori, (laughs) seriously, thank you so much uh, for for being a good friend, for being uh, such a sounding board for me, uh, for being so patient and kind with your time with me and answering all my stupid questions. It's been great to get to know you and Miranda and uh, best of luck in Myrtle Beach. We'll see you guys down there.
2: Thank you so much. See you then, Lori. Happy holidays.
0: Same to you. All right. Wow. I'm so glad we finally got a chance to get her on. Absolutely. Good times. All right. Happy holidays, buddy. Yeah, man. Despite despite everything we talked about in the five minutes.
1: Everybody (laughs) everybody enjoy your holiday season. It's awesome.
0: All right, bud. I'll see you in Myrtle Beach. Yes, sir. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening.